Hello, I'm Morgan Vincent. Welcome to Let God Speak. We have been discussing in this series the impact of trials and suffering in our life. We have looked at people in the Bible who radiated in faith, yet nevertheless faced despair, betrayal, disappointment, loss, injustice and abuse. We examined how they coped, what they learnt and most importantly, what we can learn from them. To conclude the series, we are going to review the trials and sufferings in the life of Jesus. We will see that what he experienced demonstrates the most amazing love for us. Have your Bibles ready as we discuss this incredible story and what it means for us today. On our panel today, we have Rosemary Malkovich and Harold Harker. Welcome. Thank you. Well, before we start, let's begin with a word of prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, as we pause now and begin this discussion, we pray for the leading of your Holy Spirit. We are in darkness without the illumination of your word and and the leading and guiding of your spirit. And so we pray that this lesson would, would touch each of our lives and that we would be changed because of it. Uh, because we have spent time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so we're going to begin and look at the, the life of Jesus. And when we consider the trials and sufferings of Jesus, many Christians, they can focus on his crucifixion, and, and rightfully so. But we consider his three and a half years of ministry. But even if we take a step back from there, we consider his life, his childhood. And if we go right back to the start, Rosemary, what was the family background that Jesus was born into? What, what was that context like for him? Okay, let's first of all look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And then the story goes on and tells us that she actually, Mary, was a virgin who conceived through the Holy Spirit. This was a child of, it was God Mm. as a human being. Mm. But at the same time, she was betrothed, engaged to a man named Joseph. Mm -hmm. So this was not a good thing. So this beginning was not very good for Jesus. They were humble people. They were hardworking. They were poor. Mm. They were not rich and, and lordly. And then when Jesus was born, he was born in the stable. If they had have been rich people, I'm sure very sure that someone would have found a place for them to sleep Mm. and not a stable. Mm. So they were not treated really, really well. And in Luke 2, as we go on, they were from a very Jewish, staunch Jewish community Mm. doing the circumcisions and the other offerings and things as well. Mm. So it was anything but... uh you know, an, an easy life to begin with. It Correct. was a, a beginning it, of suffering. There were problems. 
Uh, and as we just read, Joseph and Mary were from this town of Nazareth. Harold, what was the view in the time of Jesus being born? What was Nazareth like? Well, let me give you an example. Nathaniel, see what he said. John chapter 1 and verse 46. Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. Mm. Such a, a view that he had of Nazareth. He was a righteous Jew, but Nazareth was the worst place you would have come from. It had a very dubious reputation. You know, we would call it a very rough town culture. It had its vices and temptations. It was a no good place. Mm. Why would Jesus come to the worst place? And yet he came through that. Wow. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's incredible, incredible. So would, would there have been conflict and pressure within the family of Jesus, his own family growing up, do you think, Rose? Yeah, well, let's look at Mark 6, verse 3. It said uh, the local people, when he had um, taught in the te- uh, synagogue, said, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Mm. So he obviously had at least four brothers, or he had the four brothers, at least two sisters, because it says sisters, plural. Mm -hmm. So there must have been more than one. But Jesus was sinless. He did not sin. Mm. But his brothers and sisters and the rest of his family were normal human beings who would have sinned. And so he would have been ostracized by a lot of people Mm. because it was so different. He didn't conform to the way that Mm. people did things and and the things that people wanted other people to do and expected. So Mm. he would have been ostracized. He would have been um, by himself quite often. And that sort of thing can lead to self-esteem problems, Mm. behavioral problems. But he had a relationship with his father in heaven and that sustained him. And he did not sin because of that relationship that vertical mm. relationship. So I guess to, to summarise thus far what we've looked at, he, he wasn't born uh, to a family of privilege. No. He wasn't born in, in the, the, the town of all towns. <laughs> and, and, and this, this can, can resonate with perhaps some of us and maybe our viewers and, and watchers as well to think that Jesus was born and, and grew up in an environment that was, well, really an environment of suffering. Not conducive to good things. Yeah. Yeah. So let's continue on. And and as Jesus grew from infancy through childhood, he had to learn like we do. Uh, And so, Harold, at what stage did we know and did Jesus know that he was Messiah? Well, the Bible tells us a bit about this time. Let me read from Luke chapter 2, and I'll start at verse 40, a few verses there. And the child, that's Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, very important, mm. they, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Now, so it was that after th- then, after that's over, they start going home. But after three days, they went looking for him because he wasn't with them. And they found him 
in the temple, sitting in the middle of all the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And then it tells me when his mother came to him, he said, why is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so at age 12, here he is, he knows that he's got a work to do and he's God. Mm. What an incredible insight to think that, that Jesus asked questions. Mm. I mean, when I ask a question, I ask it to, to gain information. And here the Son of God is asking questions. He's learning and developing and, and growing. That's, that's an incredible And thought. this is like the university professors are astonished at what he said and his mm. answers. And he can mm. also ask questions to make yeah. them think. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, wow. So continuing on, as a Jew, what pressure would there have been uh, regarding his religious instruction growing up, Rosemary? Well, just discussing what was just said by Harold, uh, we can see that there was a little bit of something going on Mm. with his religious instruction, which would um, affect his uh, relationship with Jewish rulers and teachers. But Let's first go back to the fact that his behaviour as a child, um, we don't know very much about it, um, but we know we can look at his ministry to get an idea of what he was like as a child. I just want to look at Matthew 5:44, because this gives us an idea of his teachings, what he believed mm. as an adult, which he would have believed as a child. And it says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, this is not normal Hmm. belief. (laughs) The Jews would say, do something bad to those who hate you. You know, pay them back. Hmm. But Jesus is saying, no, pray for them, love them, be kind to them, win them over. And if you don't even win them over, at least you've done the right thing. And so we can see that he had an attitude that was different to the others. Um, the Jewish um, leaders had traditions. And we'll look at Mark 7, um, verses 6 to 8, because this gives us another insight. It says here, He answered and said to them, the Pharisees, um, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching the doctrines of and commandments or see sorry, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. And so they were following their traditions and he Mm. didn't. Mm. He followed the commandments of God. He did it God's way. And so there would have been a lot of pressure on his parents to make this child conform. Mm. He's not following what we do. He's doing his own thing. He's a renegade. He's he's a maverick. Mm. And we can't have that. Mm. Well, so if Jesus was misunderstood, and we certainly see uh, glimpses of that within the Gospels by his brothers, his sisters, and, and he faced rejection, how would he have coped then with this, do you think, Harold? Well, he was very much acquainted with nature mm. and he spent time in nature and his parables used them. An example of a parable, here's someone's giving out an invitation and the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. But then 
he's got all nature in his parables, but how does he get that quiet nature and his time with God? And Mark chapter 1 says, verse 35, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. This was his habit. Mm. He took time for prayer, read the scriptures. And as he communed with his father in prayer, he got that strength. He got that peace and the ability to explain what people needed to hear, how they could be saved. He was one in tune with nature and in tune with his father. Mm. Mm. Very practical for us sure. when, we're, when we may be going through those times of mm. pain, suffering and, and uh, rejection as well. What about his occupation, Rosemary? How did he fare in that environment? OK, let's look at Matthew 13, verse 55. When he was speaking to the Jews uh, in his locality, they said, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. So here we learn that Joseph, his earthly father, was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. But then in Matthew, sorry, Mark 6, 3, we learn that they said, isn't this the carpenter? Yeah. So he also had learned the carpenter's trade from Joseph. Carpentry is a very physical job. Mm-hmm. You have to... Manual. Yeah, it is. You, you grow muscles. You get strong, you get physically tough. We see Jesus portrayed always as sickly and scrawny, but no, he was a tough carpenter. Mm, he was mm. really well built, fit and, and healthy. Mm. Um, not the person that they sort of tell us sure. that he was, but he was also would have had to have been dealing with people mm. daily in a business environment. Mm. Harold, were there any other scandals that that Jesus faced growing up? Sure were. Let me read. Here's one from John chapter 8 and verse 41. They said to him, he said to them, you did the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And then in the next chapter, he says this, then they reviled him. You are his disciples. You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. Having this thrown at him, they knew that when Mary was in married Joseph, she was pregnant and they threw it at him. Mm. And his brothers would have said, hey, don't talk about that. We don't want to hear it. So this scandal kept coming up right through his life. Fancy getting it thrown in his face all the time. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Harold. I I want to read from from Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And the Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. And so so how do we reconcile, Rosemary, this summary of his life in in the account of Luke with the trials and the obstacles that he encountered? Um, Well... Despite being rejected and being being misunderstood, etc., in his hometown, he, it was a hometown of wickedness that we read before. But even in this environment, he was able to develop the perfect character. Um, 
all the way through his life with with no sin. He did not sin right. because he had a relation that relationship with his father. And that's perhaps the most amazing thing in his life. Mm, Apart mm. from Adam and Eve when they were created, he was the only other perfect being mm. ever on this earth. Sure. Let's look at Matthew three, verse seventeen. And it says, um, this is when he was being baptized. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. So this affirmation from his father in heaven shows that he was not a sinner. Mm. He was sinless despite all these things going on around him. You can rise above Mm. what you live in, the, the things that are going on around you. Um, and so he, it, you mentioned there in um, Luke, verse, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 52, that he grew in favour with God and know. man. Mm. People liked him. Mm. He did things for people. He was good. He was, he was kind. He was thoughtful. Mm. And people appreciated him. He was obedient to his parents. And verse 51 says that as he grew, he was subject to or obedient to his parents. Mm. And so he was despite where he lived and the environment mm. he lived in, even within his family, he was a, a, an upstanding person mm. throughout mm. the whole thing. And he endured the, the trials that he went through. Mm. It's incredible to, to, to think about. And so kind of fast tracking to, to the age of 30, Jesus embarked on his public ministry. And, and how was the initial reaction from people? Well, that his ministry. The people loved what they saw. They brought their sick to him and he healed them. Mm. And then he fed them thousands at a time. And what? why wouldn't you like this fellow who can heal your sick, can supply your food? <laughs> why? This guy should be our king. And while they loved him, they said, OK, let's make him king. And as soon as they, Jesus withdrew and their support just dropped. Mm. If he's not going to keep doing this, we don't want to follow him. So at first, really, it was wonderful, but then it turned mm. sour. Mm. I want to, to follow on from, from that thought, Harold, and read in Isaiah chapter 53, in verse 3, it describes the, the life of Jesus. And, and it says here, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. It's an incredible thing to know that, that the God of the universe in his son, Jesus Christ, went through grief. Yeah. Mm. It's someone who he can whipped. associate yeah. with, with what we go through in our, mm. our suffering, in our crucible of suffering. So Isaiah prophesied of a suffering Messiah, Rosemary. And how was this fulfilled in his public ministry? The religious leaders and the common people um, didn't necessarily understand what he was talking about when he was teaching them. Some of the, when he taught in parables, it was so that they could understand. But when he talked about drinking his blood and eating his flesh, people turned away from him and said, no, this is too hard. Mm. Um, he, it led to uh, hatred for him. The um, Doctors of the law and the Pharisees wanted to kill him every time he healed somebody on the Sabbath sure. because they were showing them up as selfish. And so he was treated very badly mm -hmm. by the people. They wanted to murder him. He was like a parent who is trying to help their child, but the child just goes wayward and wants mm -hmm. nothing to do with the parent and the parent's the only mm -hmm. one that can help them. Great. And I often think about Jesus as, the, as a sinless being 
on this earth filled with sin and not only filled with sin, but he had those who were controlled by Satan wanting to kill him all the time. And this contrary sin hitting him all the time as a sinless being, how much that's I, I think about the, the fact that he must have suffered greatly Correct. within himself, having to be among sin mm-hmm. every day. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. We're, we're coming down to some of the closing scenes of Christ's life now. And, and I want to read from Mark chapter 14 and verse 34. And, and the Bible says, Then he, speaking of Jesus, said to them, that was Peter, James and John. He said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. And so what is taking place in in the mind of Jesus here, Harold? Well, it's the night before he knew he would be crucified. He's out in the Garden of Gethsemane and he knows the pain and the suffering that's going to come. Let me read what Paul said about it in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He said, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Here he is in the garden. He tells the disciples, the three of them, you stay there and watch and pray. He goes a little further. He knows he's going to have intense pain. He's going to be crucified mm. with the worst death you could possibly have. It would could take days to die normally. And he felt the weight of the sin of the world. And here he is, he almost died just with that weight, mm. let alone before he went to the cross. Mm. And he shrank back and he asked for help from his disciples, pray with me. But they fall asleep and he suffers alone. Mm. 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 An incredible uh, scene that, that you've read and, and, and painted oh. for us, Harold. And There was also another source of suffering that uh, Jesus went through at that moment to tell us about that. Okay, if we look at Matthew 23, verse 37, and uh, it's a a very sad verse, actually. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you were not willing. Mm. And that's the really sad point. Jesus saw the future. He knew what was going to happen. And he knew Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. He knew the temple was going to be pulled down. Um, But he also knows that everyone who rejects him is going to face the lake of fire one day. And that is Mm. something he does not want anyone to go through because he knows what it is like. He Mm. knows how bad it's going to be. And, and the second death. And so he's trying to save everybody. He wants to save us mm. even today. So we don't have to go through that. Mm. And we can have eternal life instead. Wow. It's a, it's a powerful reality to think of what Jesus was willing to go, to, go through for us so that we need not go mm. through that mm. uh, as well. And, you know, we read the account of Gethsemane and, and we've read glimpses of that from, from the Bible And it's easy to forget that Jesus chose voluntarily to go through with that. 
Uh, he went voluntarily to the cross. Everything was voluntary, motivated from mm-hmm. a heart of love. How did Jesus cope then with this mental agony in Gethsemane then, Harold? Well, he trusted to his father and he says, let me read it. It's powerful words. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 42, he went away again the second time. He went three times saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Mm -hmm. So he puts his life in the father's hands. I will do your will, whatever it takes to save people. Mm. Amazing. Incredible, incredible. Such such was his motivation of, of love for us. And he wasn't willing to, to deviate from that. He was determined to, to mm. go through that. And we now move to the final events of his life and, and describe for us, Rosemary, the terrible suffering that he mm. endured leading up to the point of, of crucifixion. It's a moving, moving experience. It, it is actually a terrible experience. Let me just read some of the things that Mm. actually happened to him. This Mm. isn't all. He was arrested in the middle of the night. He was beaten. He was spat at a number of times. He had his beard plucked out Mm. by people Mm. grabbing it and ripping it out out of his chin. And that would be extremely painful. He was interrogated by people who hated him. The religious leaders who just wanted to kill him. They hauled him before Pilate. Mm. Pilate didn't want to do anything to him. He thought he was innocent, so he scourged Mm. him. Now, scourging is 39 lashes, 40 minus one. But first in Luke 23, 16, it was done to him to appease the mob. And he had a Mm. second lot within Mm. hours, Matthew 27, 26, where he was punished prior to crucifixion. So that's two 39 lashes mm. and they had the, um, the, the metal mm. strips and things on the end of the cords which would actually grab the flesh and rip it yeah. mm. and, and rip, rip it out. Um, so he went through that. They put the crown of thorns on his head. They forced it onto his head and I've seen those thorns and they are huge and they would be terrible. Mm. So he had these two lashings as well. He had multiple open wounds over his body. And then when they laid him on the cross, it would have been agony all over his back on the wooden cross, let alone the nails Mm. in his hands. And so he went through terrible physical agony as well as the mental and spiritual agony he was going through, being separated from his father for our sins, Mm. but also um, the the heartache Mm. that he was going through, just being there on the cross for us. Sure. It's an incredible thing to, 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 you know, zoom in really on the life of Jesus. And, and in 2 Timothy chapter, 12, uh, chapter 3 and verse 12, it, it says here, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Hmm. And, you know, it's an incredible thing that we can look through this, through the eyes of eternity, through the life of Jesus. And so for us, whatever our sufferings here, thanks to Christ's amazing love, we have the promise of eternal life. We have the promise that because of what Christ has done, our existence here, though full of pain, disappointment and loss, is no more than an instant, a flash here and gone in contrast to eternity. In Jesus, an eternity awaits us in a new heaven and a new earth, one without suffering, sin and death. 
This is promised to us and made certain for us because of the love of Christ and the crucible he went through for us. We invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. Remember all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.